0: Welcome to the New Hope 365 podcast. We are currently offering two Sunday services each week. We have a 9 a.m. worship service that you can attend in person or you can watch live online at newhope365.church and we have a 10.30 a.m. in-person family service for parents and children to attend together. We would love to connect with you and your family however you feel comfortable, either in person or online. And now, here is today's message.
1: Until today i 'm um, going to take you, you go to your app you can go to the bible app um, it 's called u if you have that you can click on that um, I keep uh, the week befores uh, t- notes so you can leave uh, see that and then today if you click on and go there and you click on the notes or the, the i 'm sorry the events you can go and see new hope three sixty five church and then click on the one that is the uh, live one, the one that says live for New Hope 365, and that's where you can follow along with me and scroll down through some of the notes and so forth today if you'd like to, whether you're online or whether you're here in person. So um, the idea behind this reality series is, is that this battle's been raging uh, between good and evil. It's, it, it's nothing that you started. It was a, it was a thing that started through uh, a battle in heaven in which Satan lost, was cast down to the earth, and he brought his battle, and he brought the war, and all of those things here. He then assaulted and attacked man, which man then gave into that assault. And, and then the ripple effect of sin has been taking place ever since. And it's been, in many cases, been a tidal wave, and it's been hard. And, and therefore, we have needed, and we need, a Redeemer. We need Jesus every day. And you see that in, in, the, in, the, in the realm of like what we see right now, what you can see in the seen realm, you see the effects of the unseen realm impacting the scene. and I've talked about this for some time, and then where the seen realm can actually, that's what we're praying through sacred assembly, we're praying that the seen realm in our prayers, in our passion, in our heart for God will totally napalm. The unseen realm, and that where the enemy has, has had strongholds across the greater Austin area, that those strongholds will be pulled down. How? By beating people up? And, no, no. By praying and seeking God, knowing that our battle's not against what? It's not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers and spiritual forces in heavenly places that you don't see. And you go, ah, that's a bunch of hooky. Well, the reality is if you love Jesus and if you are a follower of God, you know that that there is this battle raging. You get it. But don't turn your mind off and your heart off just because you don't, to, to the spiritual realm, because you don't see it. It is very real. It's very, very real. So today, we continue on through the topic of. Of of healing in demonic sickness, and I I shared last week to kind of lead into this why it is that we face sickness. I mean, as Christians, we shouldn't, right? Wouldn't it be cool if you just said a prayer, you gave your life to Jesus, repented of your sin, and you go, man, I've got the ticket. Now I don't cough, I don't have to wear masks. I just literally I bump into something, and where I would normally break break a leg or get a headache, or I don't get that anymore. Wouldn't that be awesome? You're like, hey, you know me? People would come to Jesus. Everybody be like, you're saying if I pray, but it doesn't work that way, does it? Even the Christian community, we are susceptible to sickness, and it's because we live in a fallen world. We talked about that last week. We also, uh, in dealing with sickness, we have sin sickness that we are, what, born with, that needs to be dealt with. It needs to be dealt with. And then we also, and I taught on this last week, that, that literally the satanic and demonic realm brings forth all kinds of disease and sickness and impacts our culture. And then, today, oh, before I hit this, also, some will go, well, um, it's, it's all about, and I've been in these circles where everybody goes, it's about faith, it's about faith, it's about faith, and therefore, we're not going to pursue any of the medical science because God should and can be able to, can, he can do this, therefore, we're just going to go over here and do this, to which I would say, it's not either or, but it's both and, and that's scriptural. And I talked about Dr. Luke, from a book in the Bible, uh, Dr. Luke in the Bible, and how he chronologically and succinctly laid out miracles of healing, but at the same time didn't set aside uh, the medical community, but actually embraced that. And so it's okay if you're sitting here today and you're going, wait, wait, wait. I, I think it's just, no, I think it's just faith. I get it, pray, seek God, but it's okay to go to a doctor and it's okay to take medication. Most of you already know that, but for those of you that don't, there you go. Why does God heal? Here we go. Why does God heal? And there's basically five things that have resonated with me over the years Is I think healing reveals God's love and mercy to the afflicted person. I think that somebody that is, that is dealing with sickness, it all of a sudden re- reveals that, that, that literally God is present and at work, and he's not forgotten. In fact, fact number two, healing valid- validates someone as a chosen servant of God. There are times where the, 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 the miracles of healing will actually flow and work through somebody, and it shows and reveals that that as you're praying, God actually, whether you thought this or not, He actually knows you, sees you, and is willing to work through you. When I have where where I've experienced probably more healings in miracles has been internationally. But there's something about being down in a in a in a prayer moment in a, in a whether it's a crusade or a church or whatever, and I've had people that come with vision issues, come with uh, uh, diabetic issues. We've laid hands on those individuals, and I've watched as the the white over the eyes actually has removed, and somebody could literally walk out of that building seeing clearly. You know what that? You, and, and just so you know. We want to see that here. We want to see that out there. We want God to continue to strengthen our faith. What it does for me, though, is I'm going, okay, God, you're still working through me. And it validates that healing reveals the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, are you you aware that, that in heaven, there's what? No more sickness? No more sorrow? No more pain? And isn't it incredible when the kingdom of God comes to the earth where the kingdom here is ruled by darkness and his kingdom comes through his church and literally all of a sudden a miracle a healing a transformation occurs and, and it's like we're going wow God your kingdom is winning today your kingdom is winning it's powerful it's very very powerful so kingdom of God healing motivates Christians to increase faith and worship faith and worship. And so uh, I don't know if, if um, Alice, you'd be comfortable with this. I'm going to call you out for a minute. If you'd be willing to come on up here, you sent me a note last night, and I'd like you to share if you're cool with that. Okay? And so, um, Zach, could you grab me that mic real quick? And I want I, would you, I was like, last night I was looking at my notes and everything. I'm like, I just want you to share what God did um, in and through your son and your family.
0: My son, Ben. So I've got twins, Ben and Zach. Ben's older one. Um, when he was two, we were walking into a house for a birthday party, um, and he was walking up the steps and he fell he fell backwards um, and as he was falling he was he bit down, trying to stop his fall i don 't know why that would work, but anyway so um, and he bit through his tongue, he bit from the middle of his tongue i mean from the side of his tongue all the way into the middle, and um, we yeah. There's blood everywhere. We didn't really understand what had exactly he had done because it was so much blood. But he, um, we called the hospital. They said we don't, you can't, you, you don't stitch tongues. But Doug said we cannot leave his tongue like this. His tongue was like flapping. It was had a it was gaping open. So we went to the hospital and they said yes, we have to do something. So they put him to sleep, stitched his tongue. We went home and by the time we got home, we, he had one stitch left in his tongue because he's a talker and he's crying and and um so his tongue eventually healed with like a triangle gap out of the side of it and um so well we had gone back to the doctor and he said well the only way we're going to be able to fix this with this triangle cut out on the side of his mouth is um to in about six months it's fully healed put him to sleep stitch it correctly and then paralyze them for 48 to 72 hours, which is traumatizing to a kid because they don't understand at two and a half, you know, why they can't move, why can't, you know, what's happening to them. And um, so we were like, great. Um, so uh, about a few months later, um, uh, we had a man. Um, I think his name was Thomas, who came from South Africa. And he, and he said, he was talking about all the healings that he'd seen. He'd seen people healed from the dead. And he at one point said, and I've even seen people's tongues be healed. And at that point, I just got up and walked out and went and got Ben. He was in the nursery because I was like, this man is praying for my kid. And um, brought him back up, brought him to this man later after the end of church. And he prayed for him and he said, it's healed. His tongue is healed. And we're like, okay. And his tongue looked the exact same to us. And we thought, well okay, it's healed. And um, over the next week, we watched the inside of that triangle turn white and slowly, slowly seal within a few days. It was, I've never seen. And so he, his tongue looks completely normal, except there's a scar that goes from the side to the middle of his tongue. And he didn't even know about it. We told him a couple of years ago and we're saying, you know, Ben, did you do you remember when your tongue and he said, I don't even know what you're talking about. And he didn't believe us until he went and looked into the mirror and saw the scar. He'd never noticed it all these years. So Uh, God God Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yes. Thank you. Thank you very much, Alice. Thank you. I've been I've been asking I've been asking for individuals whether it's through the truth cast um, on Thursday or just in conversation if the Lord has done something in and through your life we want to know and want to hear and we want it to, to be something that encourages us that we go you see God did it in a two and a half year old and he can and he continues to do it he's not done and he wants to do it and, and it motivates what it does is it increases our faith he did it then he can still do it now and he'll continue to do it in the future. Healing motivates. Healing also evangelizes non-Christians. Imagine coming in and having someone present that is a non-believer in this gathering or somebody that's seeking and they experience a healing miracle of God. What would that do? It, man, it, it's, yeah, I'm telling you, it, it is one of the, in fact, in fact, I've heard some of you share of stories where you're out praying for, like you all of a sudden get a prompt from God, you act upon that prompt, you pray for somebody anywhere. It could be in a parking lot, it could be in your place of business, could be, and you pray for somebody, and, they, and, and, and they're and they kind of like, okay, this is kind of weird, but they experience that miracle, that healing, and what it does is that then they go, if that's your God, I want to know your God. I want to know this Jesus so here's some things that you may know but I want to just continue to walk through this ways to minister to the sick is number one pray from a distance pray from a distance which we're all doing really good right now okay praying from a distance Um, in fact here we go it's um, here's some biblical context Mark 7 verses 24 through 30 Mark 7 verses 24 through 30 Jesus is doing his ministry he leaves a region and and that he had been ministering in. He didn't want anyone to know which house he was staying in, but being Jesus, he couldn't keep it secret. Everybody wanted some of that, which we would all want some of Jesus. If If he was present and doing what he did then, we would want that. Right away, a woman who had heard about him came and fell at his feet. Her little girl was possessed by an evil spirit. And she begged him to cast out the demon from her daughter. Since she was a Gentile, born in Syrian Phoenicia, or and, and in that particular region, she was Gentile, wasn't part of the Jewish community that, that Jesus had specifically come to reach. But we know that what was going to happen shortly was that after Jesus' death and his resurrection, that no longer was there going to be Jew and Greek it was going to be everybody grafted in together, and God would see what? One church. One church. So she replied, So then he goes and said, First, I should feed, my, feed the children my own family, meaning the Jews. And it isn't right to take food from children and throw it to the dogs, which I'm thinking, what a slap. But Jesus saw what we don't see, and he knows in the spiritual realm and the supernatural things that aren't for us Understanding, we can understand that. And she replies, Yeah, that's true, Lord. But even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat the scraps from the children's plates. Good answer, he said. Now go home, for the demon has left your daughter. What? Something is going on through the mind of Christ that he's actually able to engage the supernatural. And in that mind, in that knowing that the supernatural is engaging in literally liberating a child. Without even him saying, she's, she, this had, like, right now, I say these things, boom, boom, boom. He didn't say, he just said, go home. She's, she's, she's liberated. What is my point? If you don't have the words, you have the mind. And as you pray in your mind and in your heart, God can transform people. He still liberates, even though you may not be able to pray it out in that moment or even fully understand. He hears, he knows your mind, he knows your heart. And as you pray that, it may be from a distance, but God, what? He ministers to the sick through those moments. And he says, go. Good answer. Go home. And when she arrived home, she found her little girl lying quietly in bed and the demon was gone. Number two, lay hands on people and pray, which we're not doing much of. But that's why it's okay to pray from a distance right now. But if somebody, some of you wanted to be prayed and have hands laid on, I'm, I'll pray for you and lay hands on you. I know our leadership and elders will do that. Um, here is concept Luke 4 verse 40 and the sun went down that evening and people throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus and no matter what their diseases were the touch of his hand healed everyone three anoint people with oil so we see that there is praying from a distance there is um, laying hands and then there's anointing with oil James comes out of James chapter 5 if any of you are sick you should call for the elders, the leaders of the church, to come and pray over you and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. And the concept is, is that in faith, we the church believe that the only way that, he, that, 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 that when we're, that, uh, whether it's praying from a distance, laying hands on people, whatever, that it is through the power of the Holy Spirit that the healing comes. It's not me, it's the Spirit of God working through you right? And so when we, anoint with oil, when we anoint with oil, we're saying in faith, we're believing the Holy Spirit from God is present, and it shows that God, we recognize that it is only you that can heal in the way that we're right now seeking. It's only you. So if any of you is sick, call the elders, come and pray, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And then four, minister in faith. Minister in faith, we see we see the complete uh, opposite in some circles, uh, ministry circles, where everything is faith. Where we go, oh, we just we, we, we claim it, we believe it. There shouldn't, and we see abuses of that, which we're not seeking and we're not pursuing that but we're going to come boldly Hebrews 4 verse 16 says come boldly to the throne of great our gracious God and there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most what I would say about the church today is that when it comes to healing when it comes to sickness when it comes to these types of things the very first thing we should do is seek God the very first thing we do is we seek God and we say, God, if by all means you can do this miracle, please do that. But if you're, if you're going to use another means, give us wisdom and insight as to what that may look like. But I think oftentimes we don't go in faith and oftentimes the reason we don't go in faith is because God has not been the center maybe of our world in which we're pursuing him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Our Heavenly Father is wanting us to minister in faith and pursue and pray And not to be discouraged if it doesn't quite unfold the way we want the miracle or the healing to take place. Question, is all healing from God? Is all healing from God? See, hurting people, I have come to the understanding that our vulnerable people and often, you know, the pain is so bad. I, I had kidney stones years ago, and, and I haven't had them since. Thank you, Jesus, if you've ever had kidney stones. It's terrible, it's awful. And I remember um, thinking that I was dying. Angel in her mercy gift is like, suck it up. Get over it. Get over it. And I remember going to the emergency room, and they're like, and I, was, I, could, I couldn't stand still. I couldn't settle down. I didn't know what was happening, whatever. And they said, if you don't settle down, we can't get an IV in you so that the pain will go away. And I'm thinking at that point, I'm like, if you just give me a shot of something that kills me, it'll be fine. Because it was so bad. It was so bad. And finally they got the IV in. And I remember, I remember thinking I would have done anything to get that pain relieved. And as the, as the pain reliever started going through my body, it was like, oh, thank you. Jesus for this medical community and science that could relieve this pain. And so when you're vulnerable, you're you're willing to do things that you might not normally do. The demonic realm is so evil that the demonic realm will look for opportunities to exploit us and the globe, the world, in some way, shape, or form. The devil and his demons will often even Heal someone counterfeitly to to lead them away from our Heavenly Father. He'll counterfeit. This is Satan's counterfeit to God's healing. This is important for us to know. Uh, Think of it like an evil doctor infecting a patient without the knowledge, without his knowledge, with the intent to make him sick, and then charging him a huge fee for the antidote. And Jesus warned of that. Matthew 24, verse 24. There will be false Christs and false prophets that will arise in these days in which they'll show great signs and wonders as if to mislead and, if possible, even the elect of God. Why would Satan do this? Thinking it through for some time, I think it's because he's willing to trade short-term physical what? Suffering. Removal of your suffering or somebody else's suffering for what? Long-term spiritual suffering in eternity in hell. And if it takes a miracle to get somebody to go, I found through Buddha, a guru, I found through a false god or embracing some spiritual deception, I found my peace, I found the healing for whatever ailments they might have had, I found that. And if they could find it in that, the demonic... These false religions, they know that that they've captured the heart of that person, and therefore they're blinded, and therefore they will never experience God's power if they stay in that darkness. And demonic forces bring sickness and relieve the suffering in exchange for powerful and delusional deception. Smoking some wacky hookah or whatever. Seriously, you travel uh, globally, you'll see different doctors and, and, and spiritists, and we even see it. If you drive around, you'll see people that have counterfeit, you know, the buildings and the stuff that they're claiming mystically and all of that, uh, psychics and so forth that are trying to create something that is what? Not of God, that is demonic, and it is blinding people to the truth. And you don't win them to Jesus by burning their building down. You pray for them, and you know the spiritual forces that are behind it. You know what is behind it. So I would say that it is better to suffer in this life and be healed in eternity than to be healed in this life and suffer for eternity. I mean, that is that's that's huge. Okay, so can everyone then receive healing in this life? Let me let me give you this breakdown and and, and try to wrap this up to hopefully help us as we continue to move forward and understand this battle between good and evil and demonic sickness as well as the healing power of God. Can can God can heal anybody in this life that he wants. God can heal anyone. He is completely, he can, he, in, in, and this is what John chapter 5 verses 1 through 9 kind of validates for me. So you're like, wait a second, they're not a believer. They're somebody that is totally anti-God or whatever. God in his sovereignty can heal whoever and We come to John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9, and Jesus returns to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. And inside the city, near the Sheep Gate, was a pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. And crowds of sick people, blind, lame or paralyzed, lay on the porches, meaning they were brought every day to be there with the hope that something would happen supernaturally so that they would experience a miracle of healing. And one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him, he knew he'd been ill for a long time. He asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool. There was this supernatural thinking that when a ripple would occur across that pool, there there's this mystical concept of ripple across the pool. And as it ripples, if you get in the pool, healing occurs. And he said, for when the water bubbles up as if some spirit would ripple across the pool, someone else always gets in there ahead of me. Wouldn't that be your luck? You know? Gosh. And Jesus doesn't hesitate and he tells him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. And instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. And what Jesus, what Jesus didn't do is he said, you know, right now in this moment, if you're, you're, your life is corrupt, your life is bankrupt, you don't have any thoughts of, uh, toward me and therefore I'm not going to do a miracle to you. God didn't, Jesus didn't say that, did he? In a moment, he speaks healing over the man believer or not believer, and Jesus heals this individual. And God, I've come to the conclusion as I've studied Scripture that God is free to do what ever he chooses for whatever reason he chooses because of his sovereignty. And and that's the God we serve. So just because A and B and C don't match up for you theologically, just know that God thinks way outside your theological circle that you might have in our limited thinking. And this is unlike the pagan world that teaches that the seen realm can manipulate the unseen. You guys have you guys have heard the story, maybe, maybe you haven't, but of of Mount Carmel and Elijah um and goes to this this mountain and there's this battle between good and evil and these 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 prophets of an uh, Baal, they call this, this god Baal, and one they're going to call down fire from heaven to, you know, to light these altars, and the, the, the pagan people are over here, and Elijah's over here, and the battle's raging in the supernatural realm, and they're over here going, okay, we're going to dance a little bit, get naked a little bit, woo, it isn't working, we're okay, we're going to cut ourselves, we're gonna we're gonna you know harm our body because maybe our God will see that and then do because he sees it while you're harming yourself. And Elijah goes, I think your God may be sleeping. And he prays, and of course we know the story. If you've heard it, fire comes down and consumes not only the altar, but the entrenched, the water around the altar that had been poured in faith. And it showed and revealed the supernatural power of God. But you know why the the pagan world thinks that they can manipulate the unseen spiritual realm with spells and incantations and sacrifices and oaths and vows and offerings and they and and are and, and, and the like. They're used force the demonic realm to unleash some desired blessing. So we're going to do this 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 and this and it's going to unleash some blessing or outcome, maybe healing or prosperity, whatever it is. And God is not like demons. God is not like demons. The Creator is not like the counterfeit at all. And I think we're going to experience, or we're going to see around us, I don't know about experience, we're going to see around us the counterfeit, and you, church, have got to be dialed in to understand what is true and right and real, study the real, know the real, get it, so that when you see, the, when, when you see this over here, you're going, that's nothing of the kingdom of God. This is very significant in the times that we live. There are times in the Bible that we can look at and and, we can contribute to our healing. There are times where God is saying, this is is me, this is right, we can repent. And and I, I know this, that there have been times where I've repented of my sin and the stronghold that I've had in my life is because I left a door open to the demonic realm. And I didn't close the door because I didn't want to. Or I didn't take time to. And therefore the ailments, mentally or physically, occurred because I hadn't closed that door. And then when you do, the healing power of God can come and work. And it's, pre- it's really, really, really powerful. Being Being a godly and faith-filled person, what I've come to the conclusion, though, doesn't guarantee that you can unlock that power because God is sovereign. We can contribute, we can cooperate with God, but this is a big statement. But you cannot control God. It is our role as the church, Christians, to seek God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, but God is not manipulated like the cults and the twisted Realms think that they can. God cannot be controlled. I love the fact that even Jesus in the garden, I'm almost done, Jesus in the garden, before he was going to the cross, he says, I'm out of here, God. No, he didn't say that. He said, not my will, but what? But God, yours be done. This is Jesus within the Trinity saying, It's not about me. It's about the will of my Father. This is huge for us. This is Jesus saying this. And so, I have come to the conclusion that that over the years, as I've read and studied, that God answers prayer in three ways. You can write this down, mark it down, put it wherever you want, on your wall in your house. It's either what? Yes, now I'll heal you. Answer your prayers. No, I will never do that. Or yes, I will, but what? but not now, later. So there's the yes, we all want it. There's the no, we don't want to hear it. And then there's the, I have a better time planned for you. And I like this, Second Corinthians chapter 12 validates this. Paul writes, has Dr. Luke, he says, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, and Paul did, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh. A messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three times I begged the Lord to take it away. And each time he said, what? My grace, if you read it in another, is sufficient for you in this translation. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. I love that. So, here it is. I'm going to pray over you. For those who love Jesus, you may suffer for Jesus. You may suffer for Jesus and suffer like Jesus. Not because you lack faith. Not because you lack faith. But because you have enough faith to love Christ more than your own comfort. You choose to love Christ more than what you have in more than who you are and the pain that you may go through, you in, in knowing that, our Heavenly Father says, my grace is sufficient for you. And your faith is stronger than any other thing that this world might bring your way, and it's in Jesus, your faith. And my prayer for you today is that that's the faith that God will build in your life. Bow your heads. Power your head and close your eyes. Jesus, I love the fact that you bring the real and you are the real and we don't have to settle for the counterfeit. I love, Jesus, that you will wipe away every tear from our eyes. It's a promise. And there will be no more death or sorrow, no more crying and no more pain. (laughs) All the counterfeit. All the sin, the sickness, will be gone, Jesus, when we meet you and enter eternity. And I pray over your church today that, God, you will wake us up to the reality of your power and of how you are the real and you're sovereign and we don't have to manipulate anything or whatever, that we can come to you and you do what God only you can do. And if we today in any way are struggling with our faith, would you grow our faith? Grow your church by growing faith. Heavenly Father, please, we ask. We ask humbly, not for our own gain, but to lift high your name, Almighty God. With all, with all heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're online or you're you're, here... In person, if you don't know Jesus, you come to Christ today and you can believe him to touch you, transform you, to save you, to set you free, to deliver you. He's done it before. He'll do it again and he'll continue to do it if you'll receive that. And you today repent of your sins and ask him to come and become the Lord and Savior of your life. And if you do that, I would love, I'd love for you to let me know and we will pray and continue to help you grow towards Christ-centered wholeness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, as we go about this week, whatever is getting all that's getting ready to unfold, God, would you build your church? And Lord Jesus, may may we walk in victory. May we walk in victory like never before.
0: Thank you for listening to today's message we'd like to invite you to visit our website at newhope365.church. That's newhope, the numbers 365.church, where you can access past sermons and devotional series, get connected to one of our life groups, and keep up with the latest information about everything that is happening here at New Hope 365.